Hey everybody, this is So Heidi, and you're listening to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. We all know that the fashion industry is brutally competitive and it takes loads of hard work to get ahead. The problem is that everyone's secretive and tight-lipped about their ways. After working as a designer and educator for over a decade, I wanted to help break down those barriers and bring you valuable knowledge from industry experts, and this show is exactly where you'll find that. Whether you're trying to break into the fashion world, make yourself more marketable, launch your own label, or become a successful freelancer, we'll help you get ahead in the cutthroat fashion industry. Welcome to another episode of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. I am so excited to have you here and share this amazing interview with you today. In this conversation, I'm chatting with Nicola Osborne, a technical designer who got her break back into the fashion industry after taking 12 years off to raise her family. Now, as you can imagine, getting back to any career after 12 years is a very daunting task, and getting back into the fashion industry is an even more daunting one. As Nicola says in her own words, she felt like she was clawing her way up a mountain, but she talks us through everything she did, both mentally, emotionally, and skill learning-wise to get prepared and ultimately land her first opportunity back after her 12-year break. She talks through how she even figured out what skills she needed to learn, uh, how she started getting a few internships as a, air quote, non-traditional intern, meaning, you know, not a young college student. Um, She talks through how she prepared her portfolio and got up to speed on specific technical skills like Adobe Illustrator and Tech Packs. She also shares the technique that she used on her resume so that the first things brand brands saw wasn't a big 12-year gap. And Nicola also talks us through how she bombed her first interview and tells us exactly why it went so terribly and then what she did to better prepare for interviews after that. I know you guys are going to love this interview, whether you are feeling like you're just having a struggle with your job search, or maybe you too took some time off and are breaking back in. There's so much great inspiration and insight in our conversation. So thank you so much for listening. I will remind you that if you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review like listener with the username of B loves you had to say about the podcast. B says, all the information you find in this podcast about the fashion industry is extremely useful. And the best thing is that this is free content, whereas other people would charge for their consulting. Keep listening, keep sharing. Heidi is amazing. Thank you so much, B. Appreciate it and really glad that you found everything so useful. And I am about spreading the knowledge and making it accessible to everyone. So if you too also love listening to the Successful Fashion Designer podcast, I would be so grateful to hear from you in an iTunes review. You can do that anytime at sfdnetwork.com slash review or just scroll down where you're listening right now on iTunes and tap one of those stars and leave a quick review. I would love to give you a shout out here on the air. Again, if you want to access the show notes for any links or resources we mentioned in the show, you can scroll down wherever you're listening and you should find them. Now let's jump on to the interview with Nicola. Welcome, Nicola, to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. Um, can you please start out by introducing yourself and letting us know who you are and what you do in the fashion industry? Hi, yeah. Um, my name is Nicola Osborne. Um, I'm a technical designer, and I work for a children's apparel company in San Francisco. Awesome. And 
Let's do like a pretty big rewind here because you and I have chatted before and I know you've been in the industry for a really long time. And so take us back to the very beginning. Like how did you get started in fashion? What did the first early stages of your career look like? Okay, so um, I have always worked in fashion ever since before I left school. I worked as a model, a fashion model, um, and I just loved everything about the industry. Um, and I worked as a model till I was about 20. And then I retired from modeling and I thought I need to do something that is still in this industry, but that uses my brain um, because I was tired of just being, you know, just standing there. You know, I wanted to use my brain. So I decided to go back to college and um, we have a great system in the UK where you can go to something called technical college where you can learn um, subjects which are not necessarily academic. So in the town where I was living, we had a college that did a fashion design course and it was a two-year course. So I picked that and it was a mixture of fashion design and pattern making. Um, and we had the most amazing teachers who had worked in the industry for years. And um, they just really inspired me. Um, and the thing that I loved most was pattern making yeah. and also um, garment construction because I had always made my own clothes because being very tall, which was great for being a model, it meant that mm -hmm. I could, couldn't buy trousers you know pants to fit me skirts that were long enough dresses that were long enough so I'd always made my own clothes um and I was just fascinated at this whole other side of um of clothing and how um you know you could really learn something so technical and so skilled um like pattern making and it just really inspired me and and then my um teacher said so are you going to apply to university um, and I just was like, what? What do you mean? She said, yeah, you know, you, you can go to university with this qualification when you leave here. This this will be enough credits to get you into um, you know, a really good course. So I was like, oh, my goodness, I had no idea. So I was like, yeah, definitely. And so I applied to um, lots of great colleges and I got onto an amazing course um, at a university in um, the Midlands um, called Nottingham Trent University um, and it was a four-year course in fashion and textiles management um, so it wasn't just pure design um, I learned all about fabrics I learned all about um, the manufacturing industry um, the business side and also marketing um, so everything really about the industry um, and it was four years because it had um, something called a sandwich year which was um, a year in the industry they helped to place you with um, a company or a business in the industry which gave you a year's work experience so it's like a, an internship basically um, and it was a paid year working with a, a company so it was just fantastic. And then I graduated and started working in, in the industry straight away. Yeah. What, what's the, t can you give us like a timeline of this? When did all of this happen? <laughs> um, <laughs> you can give us a range if you want. <laughs> I could hardly remember. It was so long ago. Um, so we're talking, I think I graduated in 2002. 
Okay, gotcha. So, long so you were in school like the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you were at that um, the technical college, which we have some of those here in the states as well, sometimes they're called vocational schools. Um, it sounded like you know, your your professor there said you can actually do this as a degree. Did you not realize that technical design was something you could actually go into for a career and a job? No, I'd never even heard of it. Yeah. And um, she just, she actually, well, in the UK, it's called something entirely different. It's called, um, a, it's called garment technology. Right. Um, so it's actually not quite the same thing um the job it crosses over with technical design but there's also a lot more um more sort of at the production side so textile testing quality control um factory audits and um supplier compliance things like that so it's it's a bit different but there's also also you have to have a really strong knowledge of pattern making and garment construction and she said to me oh yeah you can go and get a degree and then you could be she said I think you would make a really good garment technologist and I, I was like what's that you know <laughs> so she she just inspired me and yeah. um that was it that's so cool though because I you know that's something that comes up like a lot of people when they look at the industry um and I was this way too they see fashion designer and they, you don't realize there's so many other things behind the scenes that go on and there's a lot of other really cool opportunities like you discovered garment technologist or I've also heard it called like garment specialist mm-hmm. yeah yeah because I went on the course thinking I was going to be a fashion designer yeah you know? right mm. but then I realized that wasn't really where my strengths lie you know that I'm not really a designer. I'm I'm more into the detail, and I like working, sort of with the the sewing and the pattern making. Just was it just blew me away that I yeah. could do that. So. Okay, so we're in like early two thousands, and you're done with school, and you get a job working in the industry. And then, how does that go? How you know where are you at? What are things looking like? And take us a little further into the journey. Yeah. So um, having done a year. Um, work experience with the Arcadia Group, who are one of the biggest clothing retailers in the UK. They have um, they own Topshop and Topman, and that's where I did my years internship, which okay. was part of the course because my university had great contacts in the industry, and um, you know I had to do an interview and everything. But you know I got the job on my own merit, but it was sort of they recognised that students from this university were were good, they had relevant knowledge and experience and that they were good employees for their internship program. Gotcha. So um, when I left, I had an offer on the table from the Arcadia Group. Um, and I decided actually not to take it because it was in central London and it was very expensive to live in central London at that time. Um, well, it still is, but on a graduate salary. So I took a job, I was offered um, a job at another company um, called New Look and they're a very sort of fast fashion women's wear company um, and I started there as a junior um, after I graduated and what was that first job like? <laughs> um, <laughs> it was yeah it was kind of um, it was really fun actually I just really loved it and one of the best things about working there because it's fast fashion they had 
factories in the UK that they were using. So it gave me a chance to actually go out and visit the vendors and have a look at where the clothes were being made. And um, it just gave me a real kind of insight into the whole process and the logistics of you know, getting clothes made and then to the customers, yeah. which I think is quite hard to visualize that when you're working with factories in China and you don't actually get to go there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's it's really great if you get the chance to get out and spend time with your factories. I think that's the best experience, definitely. Yeah. Um, so that was good. And then they, they, I got on really well there. After a couple of months, they gave me my own department, which was team, team wear. And I suppose that really set me on my path of working in children's wear. So um, from then on, I then I then um, took another job at a company called Next, who's a like this, I think they're the second biggest clothing retailer in the UK, and they make uh, they have a really good children's wear department. And so I worked there um, in children's wear. Um, yeah, so that was kind of my career. Did you know you wanted to go into kids wear or is that just kind of what happened organically? I know you said you they at at New Look they gave you the teen department and that kind of just set you on the trajectory. No, I didn't know that's what I wanted to do and I probably if I'd have had the choice I probably wouldn't have really necessarily chosen children's wear. But I think it's a great one that people do kind of overlook because there are a lot of special things that you need to, you need to have certain expertise because obviously the sizing is quite a big issue, you know, so you can be going from a newborn up to a 16 year old, you know, so that's a huge change um, in body shape, grading and sizing. And then also with children's wear, there are a lot of safety considerations which mm-hmm. something that you you know if you can because if you can get into that niche then you are quite specialized so it's it's um it's actually worked out quite well uh, do you find that there's a good demand for people with that expertise i mean i know you have to be familiar with like there can't be any lead in the trims or i think there can't be lead in trims for anybody but um mm-hmm. fire retardant it's, stuff and mm-hmm. it's just the regulations are really tighter yeah definitely I think anything really like anything if you if you find a niche where you know not and not everyone's going to want to go into kids wear it's not the obvious choice is it really if you sort of set off wanting to be a fashion designer you're probably not going to be sort of your head's not going towards kids wear naturally but I think it's probably one of the areas where you know there's always going to be a need for people you've got that knowledge and that background so I'm actually quite pleased and it's funny because when I did start to go back to work when I started looking I wasn't even looking at children's wear jobs it just didn't occur to me because I felt like for some reason I just wanted to go back into the job and I wanted to do women's wear and I almost forgot in a way that I had that experience and that 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 was was such a long time ago and I just thought I don't know I just didn't really it just kind of it wasn't clear to me until I saw this the job advertised um, that I'm doing now, and then I thought, oh my god, I actually have that experience. You know, I have that niche. You know, already. So, you know, it's perfect for me. And, and I applied, and yeah. Okay, so talk us through that because this was kind of where 
our conversation was initiated from an email you sent me. Um, and so you, you just made the comment of, you know, when you decided to go back to work. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, where where you took a break to to do certain things in your life, what that looked like, and then where you are now. Okay. So um, I stopped working when I had my son, and he's now 12 years old. Um, and at the time, I was working in a – it's fantastic. I was working in a hosiery factory in the Midlands, in Nottinghamshire. Um, and I don't even know why I ended up working in hosiery. I think it was because um, I, I wanted to work – I wanted to go and work for a vendor. I, I had always worked in the retail side and I, and I wanted to work, I wanted to go back to sort of the basics of garment production. I felt that that was a really important um, base in order to do my job well as a technical designer or a garment technologist. I felt like I really needed to understand where those, the vendors are coming from, you know, mm. what's their perspective. Yeah. So I took, I, that was a bit of a, a strange kind of deviation that I took, but I'm really glad I did that. Anyway, I I I moved away from that area because of my husband's job, and I had a baby, and then he, my husband started to um, his career took him to Switzerland. So we moved to Switzerland, then we moved to Texas, and then we moved to California. So over the course of the last, I'd say probably eight years, we've just been moving around. Um, so my career was definitely not on the table. I was just not even thinking about it. I was just sort of moving from place to place, trying to, um, look after my kids and, um, you know, just kind of get through basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it wasn't really until we, I know it's probably like a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, I started to think, well, the kids are at school. What am I going to do? I'm really bored and I want to go back to work. Um, and I, I don't know. I almost thought about retraining or something. I don't know why. I just thought maybe I could, you know, do something else because I knew that the fashion industry is so all consuming, you know, when you're in it, People expect you to work really long hours. Um, you have to give 100%. And I hadn't ever really met anyone who had had a part-time job in the fashion industry. Mm. So I felt like this that industry wasn't going to work for me as a, as a mum living away from my entire support network. You know, my family were living in the UK. I just thought, how am I going to make this work? You know, but... Um, but then I, I thought, well, hang on, you know, I've got all this experience. I've invested all this time in education. I've got six years of education as this role, you know, as a garment tech. And um, and I thought, no, that's ridiculous to retrain. You're going to have to find a way to make this work. <laughs> so, um, so then I started looking at job postings. And that's when <laughs> I became really terrified. Because I thought uh, everything's just moved on so much, and also the fact that the the role itself doesn't even exist in the U.S. So the challenge of how to go forward was quite immense. Actually, it was scary. 
Yeah. Very scary. <sighs> so what, um, I mean, what, like you were just looking at the job postings and you were, did you feel like some of the skills you weren't up to speed on or you weren't even sure what they were talking about or like what exactly um, felt so terrifying about that process? Um, well, so there was the, the fact that, you know, this, I was actually looking for a role with um, using the experience I had as a garment technologist and I couldn't find it. So I was like, right, mm. what, what am I here? What, what, what do I do? So I figured that the, probably the closest thing was going to be technical designer. Mm-hmm. And that I could see that there was a lot of crossover there. Mm. Um, so I started to research, you know, what the technical designer role involved. Um, and I, the more I looked, the more I realized, first of all, I need, to, I absolutely need to know how to use Adobe Illustrator because that's the one thing that every job that was advertised was asking for. Yeah. I'd never used it before. I've heard of it. Yeah. Had you done all hand sketching in the past? Well, we didn't do sketching. It was very much um, the designers did the sketching and the factories that we were using. We would use, um, I think, I don't know whether it was because the companies I worked for were so huge, but the factories that we used we would use full package um, factories who did all yeah. of the pattern making. Yeah. They did all of the pattern corrections. They did all of the um, technical, they did all the tech packs and the, and the tech sketching. Um, we just used to give them a size spec um, and then they would send samples for fitting and we would fit, but we would just give fit comments. We didn't ever do pattern corrections. Okay. So we had to understand patterns, but we didn't actually have to work with them, you know? So, um, we just, and also bear in mind, this was 12 years ago. So <laughs> I don't think, I think at the time we were just drawing pictures on paper yeah. and scanning them and like putting the picture into an Excel document or something. I think that's basically what we were doing. Okay. So this was really kind of almost at the, I mean, PLM software wasn't in every company, you know? Right. It was really, that early you know so it was a long time ago so I was like oh gosh I really have to get my head around this new role if I'm going to do this I need to know what they what they're looking for they need me to know how to use Adobe Illustrator I need to be able to create text sketches so I was looking up what's text sketch look like how how am I gonna make sure that I know how to do this and then there was also every job listing said you know you need experience making tech packs and I was like what's a tech pack I kind of knew um what it should look like but I had never created one so then I started to research what that would look like and and um how I needed to find a way to learn how to do that so those were the challenges that I had and I was like I, I was just um you know I needed to be able to be able to do these things proficiently as well you know, for someone to employ me, I, you know, so that was scary. Yeah. Okay. So you figured out that illustrator and tech packs were kind of the two key skills in every listing. And those were the two skills you're like, okay, I got to figure this out. So then what'd you do? Um, so I, I went on 
online. I went online and I just looked and looked at, um, I looked on a lot of um, websites um, belonging to technical designers just to see what they were doing, mm. have a look at what they, what kind of work they were producing, which was terrifying. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to be able to work, use Adobe Illustrator to that standard. So um, I signed up for a course at the local university. It was an online um, Adobe Illustrator course. And I, I completed the course, but I felt afterwards I still didn't really know how to use it, um, how to apply it to fashion, you know, because oh. it was just so generic. It was just like a generic, like, Illustrator yeah. graphics course. Introduction to Adobe Illustrator. It was okay, called. gotcha. Not specific yeah. for fashion. No, and it, that's basically all it did. Is it introduced me to it, and it made me like go, "Oh my goodness, I can't use this." Oh, <laughs> <It's> terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so then I spent. I remember I went home back to England in the summer break. I took my kids back there, and I took my laptop. I, I. Um, subscribed to Illustrator, got the software, and I spent every afternoon looking at videos from YouTube, um, how to draw. <laughs> I started off how to draw a shirt, and I just spent hours and hours trying to perfect how to draw a shirt. And it was just so slow and tedious and frustrating, really. Yeah. Um, and then I think one day I must have come across one of your tutorials <laughs> and then a, a light went on. It was like, oh, okay, so it doesn't have to be that hard. Um, and so then I kind of just, I think, basically just started working through a lot of your tutorials and I got a lot quicker, a lot. Um, it, just, it, it just broke it down in a way that was much easier to follow and you know, learning the basics, just learning about how the pen tool works and what all those little icons mean and how um, to draw a basic flat T-shirt or whatever, making sure that all the joins are, you know, correct. There's no sort of jaggedy bits. There's yeah. Everything's, um, you know, workable, you know, that you can then edit, stuff like that, you know, just really simple stuff. And then I just, um, I... I um, just set myself time aside every day to practice and I just set myself little projects and and then also I I, um, I did your beautiful flats course as well um, and I just practiced and that was it really so yeah and so so then next then what happened next you said um, I mean I I really admire your determination to you know like you said you set the time aside every day and you practiced and you did it because it's never as simple as just watching the videos and then poof you magically know how to do it you do have to invest the time um so you know great job on having the the determination to do that i think that requires a lot of self-discipline um so you you got to the point it sounds like where you were feeling comfortable and you kind of had things down and so then what'd you do next um, so I, I also did the, you know, your creating tech packs course, the design to development course. So I learned how to make a tech pack and that was really good because that also, um, 
helped me to review using Excel because that was something that I really needed to get back up to speed with, something that I had used a lot before, but I just wanted to practice again, you know, just to build up my confidence and feel like I could I could go back into an office and actually do something productive and helpful rather than just feeling like I was behind and not really up to speed. So learning how to do tech packs was a great review for Excel. Also just um, the other stuff that you sort of helped me to learn, which was just even just using Dropbox, you know, I mean, and Adobe Acrobat as well. And just sort of um, just all these IT skills that, um, had kind of passed me by because I hadn't been at work. Yeah. Uh, just never had to use those things. And um, so just kind of immersing myself in the technology really was yeah. really important, very important. And it was, it's really scary because you don't want to do it. It's hard work and it may, it challenges you, but it's just forcing, it just, I just had to force myself to, um, you know, set myself that time every day. And the other thing is I wanted to be able to show people in an interview, if I ever got one, what I could do. Um, so I created tech packs and I sort of built um, a small portfolio of a few things that I could just, you know, whip out an interview and say, look, I can't, I know I haven't worked, but look, I can do this, you know. Yeah. So just to show um you know, here's a couple of tech packs that I've done. Um, and this is the level of sketching I can do. Here's, um, you know, um, a, spe a size spec. Here's um, some pattern corrections, you know, images of pattern corrections that I've done. And, um, also, I, I spent a lot of time um, updating my pattern making um, skills. So, I set myself a couple of projects, um, designing and creating um, a couple of, I just, I made a couple of dresses just for myself. Um, so I drafted the blocks, I drafted the patterns, I made the muslins, I, you know, two or three muslins or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I kept them all, I kept all the, all the patterns and all the work that I'd done, I just kept it all. And um, so I, so I could show how I'd gone from the development stage right through to the final garment. Mm. Um, and just to show what, you know, the processes that I'd been through. And then I made a tech pack to go with it. So it was like, just to, just if somebody wanted to see whether I could actually do this stuff, I could show that, you know, just to convince them. Because <laughs> I felt like I really needed to convince people because 12 years is a long time, Yeah, you know. Um, and I knew I was going to have to go that extra mile just to show people that I really wanted to do this yeah. and that I could really apply myself and that I could actually do it. So I wanted to have all the backup necessary, you know, to show. Yeah. Um, and it paid off. Yeah. Okay. So talk a little bit about what happens next. So you have you you have some confidence with Illustrator and Tech Packs, and you put together this whole sort of sample project to, you know, give visual proof of like, look, I can do this. Um, how are you feeling at this point compared to how you were feeling when you first started exploring some of the job descriptions when you mentioned you were feeling a little bit terrified? How are you feeling now? Um, I'm feeling like I can start to um, 
uh, I could start to maybe put myself out there. And that was one of the scariest things. So um, one of the other things that I did was I did a couple of internships. Oh. <laughs> so this is a bit controversial, but I did a couple of unpaid internships. Okay. Because I felt like, um, well, at the time I didn't have a work permit, so that was probably, you know, one of the reasons why I was not paid anyway. But okay. also because I wanted to, um, I don't know, I guess partly because I had very low confidence as well in myself and I also didn't want to be too committed. I know that sounds awful, but I just wasn't sure how this was going to work out for me. So I just yeah. felt like if I was offering my services, just, you know, as a kind of like a, like an exchange, you know, I, you're teaching me and I'm helping you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's how I approached it. And fortunately, um, it was just through keeping my ear to the ground. I had, um, I knew somebody who owned their own fashion company. It was a really small, um, unit and they did, they, um, she, she made patterns and, um, samples and did very, very small production runs for, for sort of startup uh, brands. Um, and so I knew her through, she was actually, um, she, at the time she wasn't a friend of mine, but she was the mother of one of my son's friends. And, um, so she, I, I approached her and I was terrified actually. (laughs) I was so scared. I had to like, I wrote the email, you know, I, would you ever consider letting me come and work for free for you? You know, I was terrified she was going to say no. Um, and I sort of hit send on the email and she got back to me straight away. Like, yeah, definitely. When can you start? Oh, did you show her uh, the sample projects you had done? No, cause this was, this is actually before oh, I'd done that. I forgot okay. to tell you about this. Um, so, and the first thing, first day I got there she asked me to work on a dress that she'd been having problems with and nobody else none of her other interns could deal with it um and I sort of got stuck into that and she gave me some challenging stuff to do and um I just loved it absolutely loved it straight away I couldn't wait to get there every morning um and it just reminded me of what I'd been missing it just kind of ignited that spark again. And I just thought, yeah, this is definitely what I'm going to do. And because I'd, I sort of did that, I had that internship experience, it sort of, it just helped to fuel the fire, you know, it helped me um, feel like this was definitely what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what's kind of kept me going through all the hours and hours of sitting there by myself doing illustrated tutorials and um revising patterns and things so but and also because I just wanted to have um a relevant some relevant up-to-date experience in a company in the U.S. because I didn't have that you know and also someone who could give me a reference if I needed it yeah so because I didn't have any network no contacts nothing here Okay. So that was that was one of the reasons that was one of the other reasons why I wanted to do that internship. Um, so it worked out really well for me, and so I could put it on my resume, you know. And I had some up to date skills all of a sudden, which was amazing. Um, and then also I worked for another company in um, the Bay Area who it's um, they they do embroidery, 
So, um, and I'd never worked with embroidery before. So I did that as well for a few, it was just a couple of months. But again, that I could put on my resume, you know. How did you get that embroidery opportunity? (laughs) That's so funny. It's actually my neighbor. She's got her own embroidery company. (laughs) (laughs) And she... She just, I remember we were sitting there having a glass of wine and I was like, oh no, it's so depressing. I can't, I'm never going to get a job. And she said, come and work for me for a bit. Just come and, you know, just, um, you know, but it would just be good for you to get out of the house and and put it on your resume. I'll help you if you need any advice with interviews or anything like that, because she ran her own company and she's been really helpful. So um, it's just like, taking opportunities when they come up and not being scared because I think that's the thing when you're out of it for so long you lose a lot of confidence and you feel you just feel like you couldn't possibly do that but and it's almost my natural instinct was to say no but actually I just had to really push myself and just you know go for it kind of thing um so was there anything, I mean, because it can be really easy to say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this, but then to just sort of let that fear, whether you're mindful of it or not, and I've been guilty, I think all of us have been guilty of like, you just put it off, you put it off, you put it off. So, you know, even before you got that first internship with um, the your son's friend's mom, um, you said you were like so nervous to hit send on that email, like, you know, what specifically did you do to kind of get over that fear and just say, like, I'm just going to go for it or, or I don't know. Um, I think, <clears throat> I don't, <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's just that feeling of, I don't want to not do something just because I'm scared. Mm, I yeah. don't want to, I don't want to miss this opportunity, you know. This is something, if I don't do this, I'm really stupid because this is an opportunity staring me in the face. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, it's better to say, you know, I tried yeah. than just I didn't, you know. So that was it for me. And it has been that way since I started my job search as well, because that's also another step is going from, okay, I've, I've got these internships, I've done some courses. Um, now I'm having an interview, you know, this is the next step and that's terrifying as well. So that's another thing when you're not in that mindset. And so one thing I did to, to help was just to listen to um, your podcasts uh, and lots of other things like on, and read a lot and just get my head in that space um, so that I could talk about the industry and talk about the job as if I was doing it, like, you know, as if I was living it every day. Because I think the other thing is just having the language and the terminology and just the just being able to talk about something that you haven't actually been doing Mm. for a very long time is really hard yeah so just to get your your head back into that space is a challenge and so just listening reading finding out and just getting just um and also just finding a few key things that you want to that you're passionate about that you can talk about in an interview you know because they want to see you um see that you're 
your knowledge is up to date and that you know what's going on in the industry and that you're interested in this aspect or that aspect and these are the things that you're you know passionate about and that drive you forward and you know stuff like that and you you need to really start researching and reading and listening so that you can talk (laughs) (laughs) okay so you did the two internships which you got through friends acquaintances you know people within sort of your your circle on one level or another and then you did all the self-directed learning and reading and listening to podcasts and Mm. researching and the self-directed projects and so then you know when you've kind of talked about it a little bit, you go to the stage where you're actually starting to apply for jobs. Mm. So talk us through that and like what that process was like and, um, you know, kind of how you put yourself out there after 12 Mm. years off with a couple unpaid internships and some skills you've, you've Mm. kind of gathered on your own. Yeah. Um, so number one, working on my resume, um, that's something that, um, I, th- I worked on quite a bit and I looked at some um, some examples online, also listening to your, a couple of your podcasts. There were a few people. I just picked up sort of tips here and there about what was going to be a good way to sort of set it out and present myself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so I think, um, I think resume is really important because, and it, I must have done something right because every <laughs> single time I sent my, my resume, I got an interview. Oh, wow. So I, I, I think, I don't know what it, well, actually my last, um, for the job that I'm doing now, I asked afterwards, I said, what was it about my resume that you liked? Because I thought, what is it? There must be something. So, uh, and they said, well, it's because you clearly um, outlined the things that you've been doing um, whilst not working. You know, you, you made that very clear and you sh- you've proven that you are um you're pushing yourself forward and so I had this um section on the first page of my resume um after my sort of personal statement personal information I then had a, a section called career development because I oh. I didn't want to have um go straight into the employment section because I felt like they're going to look at it and it's going to say 2006 and that's going to put people off straight away yeah so my first section was career development and then I listed so I had it was actually quite a large section in the end I had um two internships um and all the skills I picked up there I then had another subheading called courses and I'd had um so my uh, introduction to Adobe Illustrator my um, two courses that I'd done with you, so the tech packs and um, technical sketching um, flats. Mm-hmm. And then I also had under that um, as a subheading volunteering because I had done some volunteering work um, for my kids' school. Um, and I'd done, I, I just felt like I wanted to put that in there to show that I was not just sitting at home, you know, I was doing stuff to help in the community um and so I think that kind of helped to present me as someone who was you know engaged in the world and what's going on and you know trying to develop myself so that helped a lot um so for some reason that helped me to get interviews um so the first interview that I had 
was um, was actually a total disaster oh, when I looked. No. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I was just so unprepared. Oh, I just didn't know how to present myself after so long. Yeah, and I went in there and I all I did was talk about my kids and I just afterwards I just thought what was that what was I even thinking they must have thought who is this person but I just found it really hard to sort of be to find me again you know to be just me because mm-hmm. I had been so wrapped up in you know being a mum for so long that I didn't know how to just be me anymore mm-hmm. so uh but um I I remember just feeling such a buzz afterwards. Even though I knew I hadn't got the job, I just had a buzz. I just thought, this is great. I've learned so much about how not to, how not to do an interview. Yeah, sometimes um, you have to, like, purposefully bomb something just for practice yeah. and, like, get yeah. those first interview jitters out. Yeah, so that was fine. I was just <laughs> like, okay, that was terrible. But, <laughs> but now I know what I really need to do to make this work. So that was great, actually. Um, And it was fine because that job wasn't the one for me and it wasn't that important, Mm -hmm. but it was a great sort of practice, you know. Um, So then I um, had another interview or I actually got to third stage interview with a really big um, corporation here in the Bay Area, massive company, got really you know I did quite well got to third stage they were seriously thinking about you know hiring me um and I that was so hard because they wanted me to do a presentation um and I was terrified oh my goodness I was I almost almost called them and said I don't want to do it because I I was so frightened and um I just I just had to block that out and just say, no, you can do this. And even if you don't get it, it's a really good, it's a good practice for you. So I had to learn how to make a presentation in Illustrator then you know, put it on into Adobe and then how to download it onto my iPad and then present it on my iPad in the interview. And even just stuff like that, which for someone like me who hadn't really been up to date with technology, it was such a good learning experience because it forced me to learn how to do all that stuff Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but yeah and I had the practice of the interviews I didn't get the job but yeah never mind it was good it's all good so yeah and so then does this lead you to the third interview where you do get where you are currently (laughs) working or where are we at (laughs) Uh, okay so yeah so that's they were two disasters and then oh yeah and then I had one phone interview which was again I was very unprepared phone interviews are really scary yeah why um because you don't have that eye contact Uh. and I think that those physical cues help quite a lot but when you don't see someone's face you don't know how they're reacting and you don't really know it doesn't help you so you can end up just sort of I don't know uh, talking and not really making sense, <laughs> which is why. <laughs> so that didn't go well. But anyway, the one, the one that I had now, the one that I, the one that I finally got was um, 
again, it, I was in the UK on summer break with my kids and I was scrolling through Indeed and I just saw this listing, um, children's wear apparel technical designer and I thought, oh, well, actually, and I read through all the little, you know, criteria that you needed to, to apply and it was probably one of the first ones where I could tick all the boxes. Oh. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, I can't believe it. I'm actually qualified for this. Um, so I just, um, you know, thankfully, I had my Dropbox account. You taught me how to do that, and I had my resume in there. So I was able to upload my resume and just, you know, again, just sent sent it and thought nothing of it. Didn't think for a second that I would get the job. And then they they wanted me to come for an interview. So when I got back, I went um, and they had already filled the position, but they needed somebody to cover uh, maternity leave for someone, um, for one of the technical designers. And so they asked me if I'd like to do that. And so that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, and it was so exciting to just get that to just uh, finally have a job. It was such a great feeling. So I was so happy. I cried. Oh, <laughs> that's cried. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Just the relief of it. Finally, after all this hard work, after just clawing, it felt like I was clawing my way up a massive hill. Yeah. Mountain and then just to finally, you know, get there just felt so such a relief but you know just so excited as well yeah yeah and this is the brand when you ask them you know why did you choose me they told you it was all that self-directed career development that you had done throughout all the time okay yeah absolutely it was all that because I said you know what was it that stood out um and she was really good. She went through my resume and told me what she liked and didn't like. And, oh. and that was really helpful. And then, but she said that the thing that stood out was that you want, you prove that you're willing to work and that you want to better yourself and that you've done all these, these courses and, um, you know, you, you can use it, Adobe Illustrator, you've learned, you've taught yourself how to do that. Um, and also she mentioned that she was impressed with the tech pack that I brought in to show and also the the garment and the pattern development that I've done. Okay. So, so you brought those samples into the interview and showed them in person. Yeah. They didn't ask for it. It wasn't something that they had um, wanted to see before. They hadn't put it on the job listing. They didn't tell me, bring this stuff in. Mm-hmm. I brought it and it didn't even come up in the interview. I, I actually had to say, do you mind if I show you something? So that's the other thing is in my previous interviews, um, people didn't ask to see stuff, so I didn't show them voluntarily. Oh, yeah, okay. So I think that's the other thing is just don't be afraid to kind of really push yourself and show what you can do, even if it doesn't come up, even if they don't ask. Yeah. Because I think they're, they're still going to, they're going to be impressed to see that you've taken that initiative. Yes. Yeah. So, so does- like you said, as simple as like, do you mind if I show you some of this stuff? That's it. Yeah. That's your line. It's so simple. No, and and it was it was actually really because I felt a bit awkward doing it, but to see their faces light up, they actually kind of lit up, and it gives people something to look at, you know. Yeah. And it gives people something to remember you by, and it makes them 
sort of see because otherwise it's just words on a resume and anyone can say anything but to actually be able to show it you know I think it makes a difference yeah and so um, you made a comment earlier about you know a couple of the interviews that you I'm doing some air quotes over here bombed um uh, or or were disastrous I think was one of the words you used also and you you commented that you were really unprepared for those interviews so what do you Think, like, how were you unprepared for those versus how you went into, you know, maybe the one where you got through the three stages and you, you know, you got close to getting the opportunity or even this last one where you did get the job offer? Mm. Well, I hadn't researched the company. Uh, okay. Um, so I couldn't. I remember there was one question where she said, why do you want to work for this company? Why do you want to work here? Yeah. Um. And I really didn't have a good answer. And I, I think that's one of the most important things is to be able to show that you've done your homework and that you know exactly why you want to be there okay. and have some good reasons, you know. Yeah. And I think that really, really helped with um, <clears throat> the job that I have now. I was able to talk about the company um, and what I had found out about the company and the reasons why I was really really excited to 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 work for them if possible yeah. you know um and there were some really good valid reasons I wasn't just kind of saying it I actually meant it so that was really good yeah I think that's really important can to you be share, genuine yeah can you share like what one or two of the reasons were just for an example um yeah well one of the things that I really love about the company where I am now is that they are very into um, ethical sourcing. So they are um, they don't work with any factories that they don't know are um, using ethical practices with their employees. Um, and you know they they um, they also give some of their profits to charity as well, children's charities. So for me, that was just really important. Um, I just wanted to feel like, because I know there's a lot of big businesses out there that don't give anything back and that don't really think about the impact of um, their business practices on the communities where they they make their product mm-hmm. um, and, you know, just the impact of what they're doing. It's just all about making money. And I think just, um, I just thought it was really inspiring that there's there are people out there that aren't just all about making money and that they yeah. do care about where things are coming from, the people that work for them, and also giving something back, you know, just really, I just felt like to work for a company like that, you know, it's going to be amazing. Just loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, And I think, you know, that's something I've heard from a lot of people is like you kind of, you get so absorbed with getting yourself prepared and your portfolio and your resume it's easy to forget almost to do the research on the company for that specific interview. And you walk in and like you said, you're blindsided with this question. Why do you want to work here? Which at the end of the day, you're like, that's such a basic question, but I Mm. didn't prepare. (laughs) It happens to a lot of people. Does it? Not just me then. (laughs) No, not just you. I mean, I've heard it from people on the interview side. And then I've also heard it from people on the brand side um, and recruiters and stuff talking about like how people just don't, I, I don't know. They just, I think maybe they just get so absorbed that they don't even realize and they walk into interviews super unprepared. It's, it's a very common thing. So mm-hmm. um, great that you learned that lesson 
Um, yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And just have a genuine reason why. I mean, yeah. it's kind of difficult sometimes to find a reason, but I just really felt that um, about this company. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, congratulations. It's so amazing to hear your story. And it sounds like it was a pretty emotional journey. I mean, with some definite you know, highs and lows, um, yeah. ending on a high note with, you know, getting the job and um, yeah. so, so, so proud of everything you've accomplished and created for yourself. You've worked tremendously hard and you really deserve it, Nicola. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for all your help too. Oh. You, were, you were very helpful. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and I'm not just saying this, I just felt like um, the resources that you put out there, um, it were just you know, immeasurably helpful. So thank you. Yeah. Um, One quick thing before we get to the outro, um, I have a note here. You had emailed me and you made the comment that you contacted um, the recruiter, Shelly Simpson, um, beforehand to ask for tips. Um, she's someone who was on the ep- on a previous episode, which we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, but can you talk a little bit about reaching out to her and what did you ask her for and like how how was she able to help you? Yeah, so um, she was great. I really needed to know what rate to charge because that was the thing. I knew that there was going to be a conversation about money, mm-hmm. being being a freelancer because that's what I'm doing at the moment. Okay. Um, and honestly, I know that um, freelancing doesn't have such a great kind of reputation but I found it perfect for me because of my situation it's how it's given me flexibility um with the hours that I work being um being a mum it's great so I can take time off whenever I need to um and that's really helpful when the you know the children have vacation or whatever so being a freelancer actually they recently asked me if I wanted to become permanent oh they did I know, but I turned it down because well, I wanted okay. to stay freelance. Yeah, I mean, listen, whatever works for you, but I, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a huge <laughs> compliment. Congratulations. Yeah, it was. I was so excited and I was just really flattered and just so pleased. Um, and then it made me think, well, actually, do I really want to be permanent? Because then, you know, I'm not going to be able to take, you know, this time off that I need to be flexible for my family. So freelance yes. is actually working really well for me yeah. anyway. So I don't, you know, just kind of don't necessarily be put off by it. Yeah. Just whatever works for you. Yeah, but um, you had the choice, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. so she helped me with, so she helped me with talking about my rate um, and helped me to sort of calculate what um, to ask for, for, you know, for my hourly rate. So that was helpful. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And she's out in New York, you're out in San Francisco. That's so yeah. awesome you guys were able to connect. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. And she, she was straight back to me as soon as I emailed her so because I said to her you know if I need to be tomorrow I really need to know how to talk about this and she was so helpful so yeah yeah, it's really great oh that's fantastic well again congratulations um on everything it's such a really really amazing and inspiring story and and like I said you deserve all of it you've worked so 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 hard um is there somewhere people can connect with you online or LinkedIn or anything like that um, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. So. Okay, awesome. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then we'll end with the question we ask at the end of every interview. And that is, what is one thing people never ask you about working in the fashion industry that you wish they would? Um, uh, the thing that I 
I think the thing that makes me love working in the industry is um, is the people. I think it's a it's a very sort of um, I think it's full. It's an industry that's full of passionate people because mm-hmm. people. Um, it, it it's not something that you go into if you want to make loads and loads of money. You're mm-hmm. doing it because you love it, yeah. and you it's something that you just you know absolutely love. You're passionate about it, and um, I just think it's something where, especially pattern making or technical design. It's such a skilled area as well. There's so much skill involved in in making a garment and you know creating the pattern and putting it together, turning something flat into something three dimensional. It's just so skilled, and there's so many people in the industry that are so experienced. And I just love that. The just the it's like these people in the background that you meet that are just so experienced so skilled and nobody really ever gets to hear about them and I think especially when you go into factories as well and you're meeting all the people that are actually sewing the garments and um you know working with the fabrics and I just love all that side of it you know at the end you you've got this you've actually got a product as well I love the fact that you're actually making something that's that's what I love about it and that's the thing that inspires me all the time that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was really awesome to get hear your whole story. I knew bits and pieces of it, um, but I know it'll be so helpful and, and inspiring and supportive for so many people out there listening who are in similar situations. So thank you for sharing your story. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. And again, thank you, Nicola, for your awesome interview. Really, really fun to hear your story. I'd also like to give a quick shout out to my husband, Mark, who handles all of the tech and editing and makes the show possible, as well as my right-hand Successful Fashion Designer team member, Saya. Saya makes sure that each episode gets published every week and delivered to you on time. And again, as always, thank you to you for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. As always, if you'd like to learn more about any of the resources mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes wherever you're listening. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you in the next SFD podcast episode.